Alrighty. Let's begin. Second Corinthians chapter four. Sengendo James Blessing Blessings Blessings. Okay. Therefore, since God's mercy sorry, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our mind, if sorry, and even if our sorry, folks, <laughs> verse three. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Wow. I praise God for that reading. It's a very powerful scripture and a scripture that um, that we're going to unpack and see what it is actually saying. So very interesting. So unlike the... Uh, the legalists who had invaded the church of the Old Testament. And by the legalists, I'm talking about the, the Pharisees, the religious uh, order of the day. Uh, they had invaded the church, but unlike them, uh, Paul had nothing to hide. The Jewish religious system, they veiled the gospel. They didn't preach the full message. and um, But Paul... He sought to reveal the gospel, and that's what we should do. The Apostle Paul was at one time against the gospel and against Christianity. You can read about that in the book of Acts. But he, he was really against the things of God in a big way. He was a Pharisee. So why would God choose a guy like this to represent Christianity in the way that he did? It's really simple. It's to do with God's grace and compassion. Because of God's mercy and grace, Paul's able to, with, at the end of verse 1, we do not lose heart. Okay? We do not lose heart. And Paul thinks about this ministry that he has. Paul planted many churches in many countries, received a lot of persecution, and he won a lot of hearts to the Lord. Paul's background not only prepared him to be the early church's chief opponent, but also to become its leading spokesman. He was devout, he was energetic, he was outspoken, stubborn and exacting. 
Paul became far more troublesome to the Jews than he had ever been to the Christians. Paul did not distort the word of God. Paul was strong-willed for the things of God. And as I mentioned before, Paul's background prepared him for the, for the ministry at task. And I'm wondering, we all have different backgrounds, don't we? And God can use our background to prepare us for his work. Many people, well, as I said, many people have many different backgrounds and have been in many different situations. And when we become Christians, excuse me, we become in a position to be able to help people that have had similar issues or face similar problems than we do. So unlike the Pharisees who had invaded the church, Paul had nothing to hide. So, as I mentioned before, the Jewish system had veiled the gospel, but Paul sought to reveal the gospel and the image taken from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and let me read that for you. Genesis 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness uh, was over the spirit, the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. I want to focus on this light right in the beginning on the first day light was created and as God commanded the light to shine through the darkness in creation in Genesis 1-3 so God turns on the light to people's hearts so that they can see who Jesus is. And people who do not believe are blinded by Satan. Let's have a read of 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says here, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So, if you're in Christ, you you are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And believers see the light. And not only do we see the light of Christ, but the light comes into us and fills us and The light shines through us, it shines in us and fills us, but we also become reflectors of God's light. We become a bit like the moon, how the moon reflects the light of the sun. So we reflect the light of God. We reflect that light to the world around us and to the people around us. 
I want to have a little bit of a look here at the first six verses, or for the six verses that we read. Now, I want to read verse one again, and I want you to focus, as I read, focus on the word ministry. Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Okay, so we have this ministry, and we have this ministry through God's mercy. Now, in the Old Testament days, uh, the law was written on stone tablets. And if you broke the law, punishment was imminent. But now, in the New Covenant, the law is written on human hearts. And because of that, God has mercy. Mercy enough to allow us to come to him and repent because we live in a time of grace. We don't live in a time of judgment. So since Christ ascended, we live in a time of grace. We do not live in a time of judgment. The time of judgment has passed in the Old Testament, but there is also a time of judgment yet to come. Okay, the great white throne. That's a whole other message for another, another day. But here's this word ministry. We have this ministry. Of course, this is Paul talking. He's talking about the ministry that he has. But I want to talk, I want to explore the idea of your ministry. What ministry do you have? What are you doing for God? What has God asked you to do? And are you doing what he has asked you to do? Ministry, folks, is our responsibility. And ministry is really the manifestation of Christ within you, taking in the direction of the Holy Spirit in your life and the giftings that God has endowed you with. And we take all of those and, and, and in that mix comes out a ministry that is tailored for you. Your ministries are unique. Yes, let's say I'm an evangelist and you're an evangelist. Sure, you might say our ministries are the same. But because of our giftings, because of the way the Spirit works in us, and pardon me, because of our past experiences, our ministry, our evangelism will be different. It will come out a bit differently than each other. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And of all the ministries that are available, folks, they're all as different as there are fingerprints in the world. But to perform ministry is our responsibility. God gives us the equipping. He sends the Holy Spirit to fill us and for us to be baptised in the Spirit. He endows us with spiritual giftings or the Holy Spirit brings those spiritual giftings. And not to mention that, there's also talents involved, uh, talents that we've learned along the way. You may, you might have a talent to be, I don't know, a musician or something like that, which is not so much a spiritual gift, but we can use that talent to glorify God. So I want to read through to you verse 2. And as I read verse 2, concentrate on this word truth. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. 
We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth, we plainly commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So Paul here is talking about false teachers. And they are around, well they were around in Paul's days, but they are also around in our day. There are false teachers are plenty. We must have discernment and wisdom to be able to figure out who they are, firstly, and then deal with them. So, I'm just reading here from Leela. Is your ministry a call of God or are you self-appointed? Wow, there's a good question. I'm just going to post that question and there it is that's a good question Leela it's a very good question is your ministry a call of God or are you self-appointed the answer is we cannot be self-appointed we cannot be self-appointed because if we are truly from God then we shall wait upon the Lord for our ministry to a certain extent, we can understand that, okay, in a particular ministry, we might know what to do because of past experience. If the Lord says to me, you know, preach on Sunday, I don't need to ask him how to prepare the message. I know that. But I do wait upon him for the particular message. Is it this one or that one? Is it this text or that text? You see, that's where we wait upon the Lord. We don't self-appoint. We don't say, oh, yes, this one will do. No, we need to seek the Lord to make sure we have the right message for the audience on the day. And that goes with anything. Anybody can make a casserole or a meal for somebody. That's not hard. But the thing is, you can even make a meal for a person who has a need. And that's such a nice thing to do. But when the Lord asks you, now your ministry is ordered or ordained by the Lord. So that's very interesting. We must have the call of God upon our lives for everything that we do. Everything that we do. So, false teachers are a plenty. We've had some in our church from time to time over the years and, and uh, they've revealed themselves to be false teachers and we've dealt with them accordingly and they are no longer with us. So Paul talks about those who distort the word of God. So we must be careful not to do that. And he goes on to say, talk about those who use deception and trickery. We don't do that as Christians. The scriptures are an open book. God has no secrets. Everything you know about God you can find out in the Bible. Every book that's ever been written about God that's in a library, and there must be millions, they all ultimately come back to the scriptures. Scriptures that you and I have. And I thank God for for translators 
over the years that have translated the Bible again and again and again uh, from the original text into modern languages so that we can understand. And I thank God for those translators, for the accuracy of the scripture, so that we can have the same Bible that has been uh, ordained by God down through the ages. It might be in a more modern language or expressed in a different way, but those concepts, those ideas um, that pertain to God and how God works, they remain the same. And uh, we must be faithful and just to um, to to carry out uh, and preach the word of God. Okay. Verse 3. As I read verse 3, think about the word perishing. Where are we? Verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled... It is veiled to those who are perishing. And folks, I don't think our gospel should be veiled. We shouldn't hold back. And especially to those that are perishing. And anyone who is perishing is somebody who is not in Christ. They are the ones who are perishing. The ones who are not in Christ. And they are the ones that we need to reach with the gospel. That's what Paul's talking about here. Those who are perishing. Those who have been blinded by the gods of this world, who can't see because of that blindness, and we need to, to, to kind of pray that God will open their eyes to His way, that the scales, as it were, would fall off, and that they would perish no longer. Verse four. Let's concentrate on the word light. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So the God of this world has blinded people so that they cannot see the light, they cannot see the image of the true God. And part of our job, part of the ministry, which was the key word in verse 1, is to get out, and find those people who are blind and preach the word of God to them. It may not be through words. It might be through a kind heart or kind deeds. Maybe someone might say, oh, my mother's very sick, and you might say, let me pray. And so there you've reached into someone who has been blinded by the God of this world, and you've been able to pray with them. It's not all about shoving the gospel down people's throats till they choke. I don't think that's always the best way. Sometimes if God tells you to preach the gospel to people, then you should do that. Evangelism is a gift, but it's not the only way to reach people. I think we must be creative. We must be creative. You know, maybe you could work out how to prepare a devotion Prepare a devotion a day. And call the local radio station, the local Christian station, say, hey, I prepare a devotion a day. What about if I put them on a memory stick and send them to you and you can play them on air? Wow, what a powerful ministry just for someone who can create a devotion. 
Be creative, folks. Be creative. You can do all that from your own home. You can record it on your phone. You can send it in as a as 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 a um, as a voice message, an audio message. You don't even have to leave your desk, and you can have a ministry that can impact thousands. Potentially. Okay. So don't let the light of Christ become diminished in your heart. But be strong and faithful. Verse 5. Concentrate on the word servants. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So Paul's saying he's not preaching about his own ministry or his own self, but he's preaching Jesus Christ. He's preaching the gospel message. And he's saying to do that, we must have the heart or the attitude of a servant. We don't work for Jesus. We serve Jesus. There's a difference between working and serving. Working involves toil, but serving uh, involves an attitude of the heart. To serve Jesus is not difficult. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. When we're yoked with Jesus, then he's leading the way and it's easy for us. But working, working is a different story altogether. So we're servants of the Most High God. So we need to bow the knee and give the life. Let me read verse 6. And as I read verse 6, concentrate on the word hearts. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Wow. So, give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And we do this by allowing his light to shine in our hearts. We need to become strong in our relationship with Jesus. And we need to become purposeful. You might say, I read my Bible every day. But do you have a strong relationship with Jesus? I pray so. I want to finish up tonight by making some comparisons between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the old sorry, the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant said the law was written on stone tablets. 2 Corinthians 3.3 3. But the new covenant is written on human hearts. The same scripture, 2 Corinthians 3.3 3. The letter of the law kills, 2 Corinthians 3.6 The spirit of the Lord gives liberty and life, 2 Corinthians 3.6 and verse 17 also. 
The law brings condemnation. 2 Corinthians 3.9 The new covenant brings righteousness. Also 2 Corinthians 3.9 The old covenant was passing away. 2 Corinthians 3.11 The new covenant remains forever. Same scripture. 2 Corinthians 3.11 The Israelites could not look on God without a veil. 2 Corinthians 3.13 And everybody can look upon the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 3.16 and also verse 18 The glory of the old covenant was passing. 2 Corinthians 3.11 And the glory of the new covenant is ever increasing. 2 Corinthians 3.18 So there you have it folks. A good message from six verses. Remember, ministry, truth, perishing, light, servants and hearts. And let me break those down for you as I close off. Ministry, our responsibility. The truth, well, the scriptures are the truth, but beware of false teachers. The perishing, who are they? Seek them out and find out why they are blind and minister into that need. Light, Satan blinds, the light shines. Servants, don't forget to bow the knee and give the life. And the last one, hearts. His light shines in the hearts of men. Wow. How good is God? Just amazing. Just amazing. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for the fellowship and for the word. And we pray, Lord, that we'll be able to put these things into action in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.